Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Podcast 17 is sponsored by WordSprint, your connection choice. Hi, this is Paul Lemberg, and I want to welcome you to Orchestrating Success with Hugh Ballou. This podcast is all about ways to redefine leadership as a pathway to increasing your business or nonprofit income. Now, here's Hugh with today's session. This session is about empowering teams. It's the first one in a series of sessions I'm going to call Stupid Things Leaders Do That Compromise Progress, Compromise Results, and Ultimately Compromise Our Income and Our Profits. So I want to give you my 10 tips in this session. These 10 tips will empower you to engage, motivate your team so they are now a higher performing team. As you know, I spent 40 years working as a musical conductor and I never ever saw a musical conductor use an agenda for a rehearsal. We're gonna talk about format, we're gonna talk about strategies, we're gonna talk about reverse paradigms. Number one reverse paradigm is never ever use an agenda for a meeting. It's the absolute, absolute death of productivity and agenda. I'm going to talk about that as we go down Hugh's 10 tips for conducting power-packed meetings. Here we go. This, if you find one thing in this list and you can implement one thing, it will make a difference in your team performance. People hate meetings. When I'm presenting workshops or keynotes, I'll ask people to weigh in and I'll ask them, how many people have ever conducted a boring, unproductive meeting? And I'll get, people will raise their hands and they'll laugh about it. And then I'll say, how many people actually conducted one of those meetings? You've attended one. Have you also led a boring, unproductive meeting? And fewer people's hands go up because fewer people are willing to admit it. We all lead bad meetings. We all can improve our team engagement. The number one team killer is bad, unproductive, poor meetings. It's a downer. We think we know how to run meetings until we start looking at, and we ask people, could we do things better? And people would say, yes. So we want to say, yes, I know how to run meetings. It's a non-starter. I'll do it. Thank you very much. What are you thinking? You're probably going to fly a plane and you don't need to take flying lessons. Let me get into the meat of this. 10 tips, huge 10 tips. I've run meetings for over 30 years. People hire me to run meetings. I never ever use an agenda. Point number one is purpose. You need to have a purpose for this meeting. Otherwise, don't have a meeting. Outline what you're going to do in the meeting not 
activity, but results. You're going to specify deliverables. It's a very different paradigm from agenda. An agenda is activity. Deliverables are results. The results are the impact of what you've done. We start out and we say, we're going to define our deliverables for this session. You send them to people 24 to 48 hours ahead, and they've begun thinking about it. They're engaged from the point they receive your reminder. I even go as far as to not even call these meetings. I call them a planning session, an evaluating session, a brainstorming session. See what I'm doing? The purpose of the meeting is also what kind of meeting it is. We call people to a meeting, and then we don't tell them what kind of meeting it is. Are we being productive? Yes. Are we together? Yes. We're using our best thinking skills. We don't micromanage people, and we don't tell people what to do. Leaders ask good questions. Leaders ask others on the team to step up to their level of leadership. Transformational leadership is about building leaders on teams. At the core of that is what we do together, this thing we call meetings. It's the most dysfunctional thing I know in any organization. Your purpose is what are you going to accomplish? Define the purpose of this session, send it out to people, and commit to this set of deliverables. Number one, never, ever use an agenda. Specify your outcomes. Send it to people ahead of time. They come fully ready to think about those results. The number one word is purpose. What is the purpose of this gathering? Number two, review. Look at what you said you're going to do. You've sent it out ahead of time. You call people for the meeting. You look at what you said you were going to do. Review that. Let me give you an example of a deliverable as opposed to an agenda item. An agenda item would be activity. For instance, we're going to talk about marketing. Okay, so what? A deliverable would be we're going to define the top five marketing strategies that will increase our sales by 25% and our revenue by our bottom line profit by 30% in the next 12 months. Deliverable is a specific quantifiable outcome. So we look at that deliverable and we say, okay, we're going to get there by brainstorming, sorting the options, grouping the options, looking at priorities, and then we're going to develop a plan from our brainstorming. So we've let people know we're going to have a very specific process. And we've let them know we're going to walk out of here accomplishing this, this, and this. I usually think three deliverables are plenty. It depends on how much work needs to go into each of these modules, which leads us to number three. Point number one was purpose. Point number two is review. Point number three is plan. Plan from the back forwards. Covey said in his Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, begin with the end in mind. So you define what you're going to walk away with, which you've done with your deliverables. Now you plan backwards. How long will it take you to do the brainstorming on these, these options for marketing, the five top marketing strategies? You're going to brainstorm more 
you'll cluster them, you'll group them, you'll decide that these ideas belong together and you get a much stronger idea. So you think, okay, we got a brainstorm, we have to cluster them, we have to decide which ones are doable, then we have to assign a priority to them, then we have to assign a champion. Each of those modules takes a bit of time. So it's important for you to think about how much time it's going to take. So you plan the meeting backwards. And here's a tip. Um, number one, in purpose, it was don't use agenda, use deliverables. Number two, review look at the process and define what kind of meeting it is. Number three is plan, plan only two thirds of the time. For a 90 minute meeting, you plan 60 minutes of activity because it will take longer. And if you um, end up earlier, you dismiss earlier, you accomplish your deliverables earlier, nobody will be angry. People will be happy. Some people might be uncomfortable because they're used to the paradigm that work expands to fill the time allotted. I don't subscribe to that. Define the outcome, plan from the back forwards. A musical conductor spends two hours for every hour of rehearsal. You spend two hours planning every hour of rehearsal. Why? Because you've got really good people, you're probably paying them money, or they're really high level volunteers in your charity or your church but they're important people, you have important work, and if you don't plan it, you're not gonna get the best results. Honor the people, honor the vision, honor the organization, do your duty and plan. Number four is lead the meeting. You've said what you're going to do. Here's another tip, to say what you're not going to do. If you're gonna define the top five marketing strategies, what you can't do is define the details of each one. You'll define a strategy, you'll assign a champion, you'll set a deadline for them to come back the following week, the following session, the next day, whenever you're gonna meet again, they're gonna come back with the details of the plan for the rest of the group to massage. So we need a plan, but we don't do it in one setting. We define those strategies, and then we, we say we're not going to get into the weeds because groups will get into the weeds. So lead the meeting. Make sure that you always keep people on track toward the deliverables on the topic. Here's a tip here. If somebody wants to get off topic, set up a place that you call parking lot. Somebody has an idea. It's not what you're doing right now. It's not part of your flow. It's not a deliverable that you've agreed in advance you're going to accomplish. Write it under the parking lot, honor the idea, grab it, and then say, we'll find a time to deal with it later, which means you want to either decide if it's valuable to pursue or dismiss it later. But do not get interrupted. That's what the leader does. You facilitate what, what you're supposed to do and keep people from going to where we're not supposed to go. It doesn't mean that we're mean. It means that we are firm and we are direct and we ask people to honor what we're doing today. It will up your productivity. It will energize your team when they're done. They'll say, when's the next one? So purpose is one, review is two, plan is three, lead the meeting is four. Number five, begin, begin on time. When you say you're gonna start, it's important that you start. How many times have we been to meetings when there's somebody missing and the leader says, oh, we're gonna wait for so-and-so to get here. 
So we're going to wait for somebody who's not honored us by being on time. And we're going to disregard those people who were on time. No, start on time. Here's a tip for this section. If you have a meeting you want to have around two o'clock and it goes to three 30, announce that the meeting will start at two Oh one. It's the two Oh one meeting. You've gone away from a general time of two o'clock into a specific time of two Oh one. People will show up just to see if you're going to do it. Ah, they're going to dare you. You say it's going to go from 201 to 327. You've planned it. You know you can get it done. Your job is to start and end on time. So be prompt. Encourage promptness. You're actually in this process. We as leaders teach people how to function to higher level. Every musical ensemble in the world, the better they are, the more they rehearse for every single performance. It's key that we stay at the edge of our game. It's, it's key that we in music develop what we call ensemble. My company, Center Vision, is the, is the combination of the words synergy and vision. We develop synergy through having this common vision. We as leaders create the space for people to build this ensemble of excellence on our board, on our committee, on our staff. We empower people because we honor them as people and we respect them and their time. Even if we're paying them, we want to give them something worthy to do rather than wasting everybody's time. So the third one is begin start on time, end on time, do not set meetings at the hour or half hour. Third one is, I mean, number six is prompt. You've got everybody there. You've selected people on the team because they have expertise, because they have perspective, because they have responsibility. There's a reason people are sitting in the seat around the table. Make sure everybody participates. And there are a variety of ways that we can do that. Um, those people who, like me, think on top of their brain, they're extroverts, we're very outgoing, we're going to give your opinion. Other people are deep thinkers. They're going to think about it before they run their mouth. They're going to consider the options. They're going to listen very carefully to what's going on. It's a huge mistake to not ask that person to weigh in on a perspective, an idea, a decision. We want to make sure everybody contributes. That way, everybody feels honored and everybody creates the strategy, the plan, the idea. Everybody is part of it. That way, everybody owns it. You really can't afford for anybody to sit out and say, oh, I didn't, I didn't weigh in on that. It wasn't my idea. It was somebody else's idea. That is not very effective leadership, and it's not certainly not leadership that you want to support. Think of the triangle player in the percussion section in the back of the orchestra. There could be a score where they stand there and they count 137 bars of rest and then they play at precisely the correct time because they were paying attention. And when they play, it has impact because you can hear it over the rest of the orchestra. It, everybody plays a role. Everybody has an important note to play. Your job as leader is to make sure you bring the best out of everybody, which means you don't talk too much. You got two ears and one mouth. I think God's wisdom was um, evident there. 
Number seven, create norms. We all know how it should go. We all know how things ought to be. We need to decide together how we're going to work together. Define norms. Define a team covenant, for instance. How we've got a project team. We're going to be working for three months on a project. How will we work together? And you ask people to think about when were you in another group and it didn't work so well? What will you do to make sure this group is a high-functioning team? And people will, and you ask people to write a statement down on a piece of paper and turn it in. I promise are the first two words. What do you promise? You'll get things like, I promise to be on time. I promise to listen to others before expressing my opinion. I promise not to criticize until I understand the intent. I promise not to have separate meetings about what we do with the group and try to create triangles with what we've come together as the plan. Things like that will surface. And then in conversation, we transform the I promise statements to we promise statements. And you create this culture of high-performing individuals, and we're really creating policy, procedure, principles that guide our decision-making, that guide our functioning, and it really creates a very open and honest engagement. So number seven is norms. It's define what you promise. Ask them to do it. They will hold you accountable, which is a good thing. And they will hold each other accountable. That way the leader no longer has to be the mommy or the daddy to hold everybody accountable. The group will do it itself, and it starts right here. Number eight, record. Uh, we remember 10% of what we hear, I understand, from educators. We remember 20% of what we see. When you combine the two, it raises that above 65% at least. If there's a kinesthetic experiential learning part of it, it raises it much higher. So we say things and we expect people to remember. Well, they don't. It's 10% retention. We write it up there. They might remember as 20%. Let's put them together. Talk about it. Write it. I use storyboards, uh, report boards with sticky surface and regular paper. We look at the board. We talk. We write. We experience each other. And we have conversations. We actually integrate the planning and the performance piece, just like a musical rehearsal. We build the team during the planning process. We're actually shaping the DNA of the culture. I call this a new architecture of engagement. How do we raise the bar? We model new behavior and we ask people to step in this space of high functioning. We stop and we correct things when they need to be corrected without attacking people. Direct, honest communication. If somebody is going to the weeds and not honoring the um, no details, uh, off limits for this. We're defining what we're going to do, what we're not going to do. What, what we do is deliverables. What we don't do is off limits. What we don't do this time, we might do next time or some subsequent session where we come together. Record the group's information. It's especially important when you're brainstorming to record it exactly as stated. Don't interpret it. Record it exactly as stated and put it up there. And, and tell people we will have a discernment time because a lot of ideas that go up won't be good ideas. They won't be usable ideas. They'll be good ideas that may lead you somewhere to a useful idea. So record it where people can see. Number nine, 
is control. The word is control. We want to stay in control of the meeting. There'll be people around the table who've not spent time planning, don't understand how much that you're going to get done in a short period of time. And they will say, oh, we should be doing this. No, this is my meeting. Well, this is what we're doing. Thank you for the idea. We're staying on track with this. The tip is we agree at the beginning, agree on the deliverables, and, and tell people that you're going to keep everyone focused on these deliverables and the process you've outlined. And the very last thing you'll do will be a communication plan and an evaluation of the, of the session. They have no way of knowing how much time that you spent to make sure they save time. So just say, thank that. We'll have a chance to evaluate at the end. And if it's a good idea, we'll consider it next time. Be sure to say, thank you for your idea. This is not the time to do it. We never, as conductors, we never, ever interrupt another conductor. Even if we think we have a better idea, we never do that. You want to build that sort of etiquette into your team and build an accountability where you can talk about it afterwards, not during this momentum and not having to explain your process to somebody who was not there and didn't put in the hours you did to plan. Let people know that there will be a sorting period. You'll brainstorm and there'll be a time to throw out the bad ideas later. Then they'll feel free to throw up really stupid ideas, which will lead you to really good ideas. Non-linear thinking is creative thinking. Number nine, control. Stay in control. I just covered that one. You want to make sure that you don't let anybody hijack the meeting. You want to make sure that nobody runs down a rabbit trail. You can just hold up your hand, point to the off limits and say, nope, this is what we're doing now. We'll capture that, put it in the, uh, put it in the uh, parking lot. The tip here is don't get anxious. Don't raise your voice. Confront means with your front. Speak to the person with respect and say, thank you. We're not doing that right now. This is what we're doing because this is a process that I've designed. Use the word design. You've designed the planning session. You've designed the brainstorming session. This is how we're going to go. Last one, the word is number 10, accountability. We've all been to meetings where everybody has great ideas. Nobody ever says, who's going to do it? The assumption there is that you're going to do it. No, you're not going to do it. As a matter of fact, when you do an action plan, I always have an action plan up and ready. It says action item, number one column. That's specifically what you want to do to develop, to create, to implement, to plan, to define. Then the next column is who's the champion? Who will do it? It's the responsible person. Third column is when will they do it? Here's where we begin teaching people we don't do all the work in the meetings. We make group decisions. We evaluate. We look at the work we've done. We plan the next set of deliverables. What you're planning now is the deliverables for the next session. So one of the deliverables for this this um five strategies for uh, attracting more clients with our five strategies for marketing. One of your deliverables here could be to define the details for each of those five. And you can have five champions and you say, come back next time with the details of how they are now partners in implementation. When they come back and report, they'll report, each of them will report. Everybody on the team will massage it, make a few changes, which means they've owned it. And then we start eliminating the silos 
from different departments or different job descriptions. Don't adjourn the meeting without having a set of deliverables or deliverables are your action plan. What's the action item, the champion, and when it's going to be, when it's going to be done. That is the deliverables from the meeting for the next meeting. Also your accountability communication plan. Is there somebody not sitting in the room that needs to know about one of our decisions? So you have another, another board up. What's the specific message? Who needs to hear the message and who will tell them? It's very critical that we think about people that aren't in the room. They're things they need to know. We take this for granted. And then people say, I wish I had only known. Being intentional about your communication plan will save a lot of people a lot of time and preserve relationships. And finally, evaluation. Let's talk about today's session. Let's just grab a few ideas. Your last five minutes should be this sort of debrief. What did we do well? List some things that went well. What went well? Write those down because you don't want to change any of those. Those are things you want to keep. Second column, what needs changing? What do we need to do differently or what do we need to stop doing? Third column, new things to consider. What did we not do that we maybe ought to do? This is Hugh Ballou. Conducting power pack meetings will change the productivity of your team. It will change your culture. You can do this week after week. It gives you the flash meetings to check on what people said they were going to do. The other big dysfunction in companies is the annual evaluation. We're going to wait a year before we tell people how they're doing. Well, with this scenario, every time you come together every week, you know how people are doing and you as the leader have a chance to mentor people, to coach them into a higher performing functionality, a higher performing standard. Um, there's a, there's a question and answer thing on your page. So you want to, you want to be sure that you ask questions if there are any. And, um, here's one. Hey, Joe, where do I get those boards? Get those at any office supply. Elmer's has these black report boards, they're foam core, they're trifold. Get the black board, take it outside, get some uh, repositionable spray mount, spray it horizontally, let it dry, spray it diagonally, let it dry. Then you can use regular paper. I use half sheets. I cut regular printer paper or copy paper in half. Give people big markers. There are chart pad markers you can get at the office supply. Chart pad markers do not bleed through. They're big, they're bold. People can print on those pieces of paper. It's an active, involved process where people are actually working together. Get those supplies. How can I find out more? You can go to uh, centervision.us, S-Y-N-E-R-V-I-S-I-O-N.us. Look out at free stuff. There's a in, whole report there on conducting power-packed meetings. This is Hugh Ballou, the transformational leadership strategist, saying thank you for joining me, and I hope you have power-packed meetings. Thank you. Today's podcast is sponsored by our friends at WordSprint. Go to wordsprint.com and get a free consultation about how WordSprint can deliver your message, the right message to the right person in the right rhythm to maintain your client engagement, to maintain your donor base. 
it's important to build and maintain relationships with your tribe. Wordsprint.com. Go look at their site, log on, and request a free consultation and tell them you heard that on this podcast. This is Hugh Ballou recommending Wordsprint. Thanks for listening today to the Orchestrating Success Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes to stay focused on ways to redefine leadership and increase your profit. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.